Hi guys. Hi guys. Okay. Wow. We, wow. Boy, do we have a lot to discuss. cleansing breath. My voice sounds probably a little bit tired and under the weather because I got the like east coast cold. That's what I'm calling it because nobody has been able to tell me what it is. I got really sick and I thought so a few weeks ago I was feeling a little under the weather. Then Avery got super sick for like three days. So I thought I gave it to him. So instead of being like, I'm going to take my distance so I also don't get sick, I took care of him and like slept next to him in bed. Obviously, I got it too. But I got it so much worse than him. It's like almost like the sick gods were like, give it to her worse. Like it's day four. I'm finally feeling a little bit better. On day three, I went to a doctor because like he was better in two days. So I didn't think I needed needed a doctor. And then they were like, it's either like a sinus head cold infection or like a flu like thing. It's like a cold that's going around. Do you know when they say that? They're like, oh, it's just that thing that's going around. And you're like, are you going to tell me what it is? But they gave me an antibiotic and it's actually been helping. So I feel a lot better than I did yesterday, but I'm still not feeling good. But all this to say, yesterday I got like nothing done. I made TikToks, but I literally did nothing else. Like I couldn't. I literally physically couldn't. And today I luckily have done so much stuff and I've had a lot to do and I feel like I've been actually getting it done. But I haven't wanted to like film any deals or anything because you can tell I'm sick. Like I sound sick. There are bags under my eyes. But life goes on. Like I'm feeling a little bit better. I'm hoping to feel a lot better tomorrow. I actually have a lot of stuff to get done tomorrow and Friday. And on Sunday, I'm taking Avery to see Wicked for his birthday. It's literally his second Broadway show ever. So obviously it had to be Wicked. Obviously it's his first time seeing it, which is crazy. Um, I just like operate under this assumption that everyone has seen a Broadway show because I lived and grew up so close to it. But obviously that's not true. And also the other reason I think that is because I don't buy Broadway tickets at full price. I always cut the corners because there are many ways if you're like a seasoned Broadway ticket buyer to buy tickets for really cheap. One of them, I'm going to give you a little bit of an inside scoop. It's called Rushing. All the shows do it except for like Wicked Hamilton and The Lion King basically and Dear Evan Hansen. But at 10 a.m. when the box office opens, if you line up outside the box office on weekends, you have to get there super early. Weekdays, you can literally pop in anytime between 10 a.m. and noon. Go up to the box office and say, do you have rush tickets? And they set aside like 100 tickets and they sell them for 40 bucks each or like a price around there. So that's how I saw all my Broadway shows when I was growing up slash when I lived in the city now and in the summer of 2019, I would just rush them. So like you just go day of. But obviously not everyone has that privilege. Like if you're not living in the city you kind of want might want like a concrete knowledge that you're definitely going to the show so you buy the tickets before you come visit like I totally get that they can be so expensive and lately I've been wanting to spend full price on Broadway tickets to give back to the community because like they obviously struggled a lot during the pandemic so I haven't been going a lot because I haven't been doing my like cut corner route it's not even cut corner because it's legal it's like a thing but I haven't been rushing tickets I've been buying them so this is like my third show back, but one of them was a gift card. So it's like only the second one I've paid for because it's so expensive. But I thought it was a perfect birthday gift for him because so many reasons, but he did theater in high school and he really wanted to see Broadway shows in the city. So I'm actually so excited. So we're going to go do that on 
Sunday and celebrate his birthday and then his birthday is actually Wednesday but we have a crazy week next week because it's Halloween and I have like a Thursday Friday Saturday plans and I have three amazing costumes and I'm like I'm such the type of girl that hates a surprise and so I want to just tell you what it is but I'm actually not going to because I need it to be a surprise because it's just going to be so much more fun. So it'll be up on Instagram. And I hope that you guys are all getting ready for Halloween and that you're going to be safe and healthy and happy and have a great time. But next week's actually the Halloween episode and I have an amazing guest next week, but I also have an amazing guest this week. So we're going to talk about this week things. Let me think of what else has happened in the past week other than my illness. I feel like my illness just took over. Like it was my mom's birthday on Saturday. So that was actually a lot of fun. Um, it's her 50th and we threw a party for her and then Sunday I had a meetup where I met some of you guys it was amazing and it was just a wonderful time like I had a great weekend but then I got sick on like Sunday that's when it like really hit me and then Monday I was out of commission I don't even remember Monday Monday's a blur Tuesday totally out of commission Wednesday easing into feeling better the one thing that I struggle with the most and this is actually a good topic for right now because this week's episode is about like intuitive exercising and eating with Justine Snacks who's like my queen um my TikTok queen I didn't exercise I'm like I tend to actually exercise through illness because or I used to because I was obsessed with exercising and I did get my steps in today and on Monday but yesterday I just was feeling so horrible that I couldn't move at all and it does still like trigger me and eat away at me a little bit like I do get anxious I'm like I really want to exercise right now like I feel like I have to I feel like my body is going to change overnight but let me just tell you it doesn't that's not a thing and if you're really concerned that you can't exercise like try to take a walk if you're feeling a little better but like don't overextend yourself all that matters is that you get better and I was lucky that Avery already had it because he took care of me for the whole time and was just a gem but anyway let's recap the bachelorette skip through this if you don't want to listen to any spoilers but overall I don't know if you guys know this about me I don't even know how to put this into words I don't really like the bachelor or the bachelorette for anything other than a social experiment to watch and like think about American dating I don't think it's actually a reality tv show because it's not reality and it doesn't make sense it's like a hyper real tv show it's very very hyper real and I think that like basically what it does to people and there's definitely like psychological analysis of love island because like how they take away their phones but similarly like it incubates these people in order to stir up drama like the people in love island go stir crazy because they're doing nothing all day and that's why they create drama because they have nothing else to do it's very similar with the bachelor and the bachelorette like it is in human nature to create drama when you have nothing to do or like entertain yourself by way of creating drama and i feel like that's a lot of what happens but on the same time like that is the it factor of the show is the drama and the suspense but with the more you know pc related route they're taking I feel like that's gonna go away like Katie season was boring that was like one of the main critiques of it and it was because like it focused a lot more on her like actually wanting to find love and like actually not dealing with any bullshit and drama and just sending people home and she like you know her whole thing centered on sex positivity and that was so amazing and great but like it's not the bachelor that I like to watch which is like for the drama if that makes sense and the other thing that bothers me is like they say things like this is my one and only chance to find love and it's like that's just not reality like the rest of us are all trying to find the person that we want to fuck around with until we die like on earth on on hinge like at bars and so I feel like that is just stupid like I know that there's no other way to do it and like they're gonna say what they're gonna say 
But I don't really understand the route that the show is taking to be like wholesome. Like I don't want it to be wholesome. And like don't get me wrong. I love Michelle. But I know it's going to be another like wholesome no bullshit no drama season. Especially because she loves her job and she's a teacher. So like she just can't be like drama bullshit rated R stuff. And I think that's what draws me to Love Island honestly. is like it's so engaging because it's just out of control. Does that make sense? So I thought the first episode was boring. Now I did think that there was that drama there with that guy Ryan who had the folder with his like, you know, tactics lined up. But at that point, like, this is my thing. I wouldn't have even let him tell me like, you know, she like let him have like the space to like talk about it and like try to stand up for himself. I would have just been like boot that guy. Like that guy's going home. So I thought that was stupid. And like, I just think that she's so out of these guys league. Like, I know they do a lot of research, the producers, about, like, what her type is, and, like, what she's looking for, but there was, like, five guys out of those 40 guys that I was, like, yeah, those guys deserve her. The rest of them, I was, like, this woman is a 25 out of 10. She's gorgeous, smart, funny, hot. She's everything. She's everything. Who are these men? The guy I did like was the Apple, and unfortunately, I love the guy who was already announced to be the next Bachelor. So you know what? At least that's good. I really like him, and I think that's going to be a fun season. But I don't know. I'm not. I'm going in with low expectations. I love Michelle. I want the best for her. But I'm also bored, and I need it to be spicy, or else I'm not going to have a good time. Do they care if I'm having a good time? They don't. They don't. So it's like, whatever. But that is something I'm watching right now. You guys know I'm keeping up with SVU. I feel like SVU isn't popular, so we're not even going to talk about it. I did watch the first two episodes of Only Murders in the Building. I have zero attention span, so I'm not sure if I'm going to get hooked on it. I also like to watch shows with someone else because it holds me accountable. And because I have a short attention span, it gives me something to do other than watch the show when I'm watching it with someone else because we can talk about it and like react to it together. If I'm watching alone, I'm going to go on my phone. Like that's just what it is. So I don't know if I'm going to have trouble with that one. But I love Selena Gomez. She's like my favorite and it is a really good show. So I highly recommend that. And I'm pretty sure that's it for me right now. I think, you know, I have a busy weekend coming up again. I'm going to a Stony Clover American Girl event tomorrow, which should be really fun. And then I'm actually feeling better permitting going to see Ashley Hesseltine from Girls Gotta Eat at The Stand, which is a New York City comedy club. And she followed me on TikTok and she commented on my TikTok So life is good at this point in regards to me becoming friends with her. If you don't listen to their podcast, you should. It's the best other than this one. It's actually way better. But I'm doing that tomorrow, feeling better permitting. And then Friday, I'm going to see a show at MCC, which is a theater in the city that focuses on like creating theater that produces dialogue. It's really interesting with a friend that I haven't seen in a really long time. So I'm so excited for that. Um, and then Saturday, I'm just kind of getting ready for Avery's birthday celebrations. No huge plans. And then Sunday, we're going to see the show. So I'm so excited. And next week will be Halloween, and that's crazy, and we're going to have that moment. And then after that, I'm going to the gynecologist, and life will go on. But I hope you're having an amazing, fantastic week. I'm so glad we got to catch up. Um, and I am so excited because today I have with me the incredible, the amazing, the unforgettable beautiful perfect immaculate immaculate justine snacks justine she is a amazing intuitive eating food blogging recipe developing tiktoker that i have been obsessed with for over a year now and i'm so excited to get into our conversation and so without further ado let's get into it with justine thanks guys so much for listening and i will see you soon
Hi guys, I uh, just had a whirlwind of technical difficulties, but I'm so excited to be here with literally one of my favorite TikTok creators since the start, Miss Justine Snacks. If you haven't seen her, you probably have. You might know her from her grown-up Girl Scout cookies or Loving Carbs or What I Eat in a Wednesday. There are so many wonderful things to talk about, but hi Justine, I'm so happy to be here with you. I'm so happy to be on the pod. It's, it's been so long in the making and I'm so glad that you're here because I feel like we've been mutuals on TikTok for so long, but we've never like met up and discussed or talked about anything other than like the surface. Yeah, I think I think I've mutualed you like early. Well, yeah. definitely like when jars were still like the main thing. Yeah, it was it was a while ago, but... I'm just like so excited to hear everything about you and I know everybody will be excited to like dive into it all because you're just such good vibes and energy but I'm kind of curious about like the backstory like how did we get here like what is your TikTok origin story and I guess before that like what is your food and cooking origin story because clearly like you know what you're doing oh wow okay let's go back yeah let's go back um, I'll go back and then start with my TikTok version story. So going way, way back, my family was not like a huge food family. My dad was a big cook, but he was also like working. So he wasn't like, he cooked for dinner parties or something Yeah, that that. makes sense. But yeah, but um, I still knew that he was interested in food. My mom, love her to death, was a horrible cook. Same with mine. So I grew up in like spaghetti. Yeah. Love it. I feel like, yeah, it comes with the territory. Yeah. But definitely grew up on like, canned food and stuff like that um but then when I went to college I was in a hospitality program which your brother's in I think yeah he is yeah so that's like very heavily influenced by culinary education as well as hospitality so I was exposed to a lot of opportunities to learn and a lot of people that I could learn from yeah but I was also super intimidated by the Cornell atmosphere. So I didn't really like embrace it the way I wanted to. I was like, whatever, I'll just go into like generic business. So I go into generic business for four to five years in like corporate America working in PR. And then just like most people, I downloaded TikTok during the pandemic. Yes. Yeah. And the literal only reason I created content was because I was like, God damn it, I'm going to have to learn how to use this for my job because I worked in PR and I knew that eventually we'd have to do some liaising with the social team yeah you're like this is going to become a thing (laughs) yeah yeah and like I hate it hate it hate it when people in corporations are like oh we need to do this Instagram strategy but they have no idea like how Instagram works yeah it's just yeah so that I didn't want to be that person especially when it came to TikTok so I was like okay what can I do that I know how to do that won't jeopardize my job. So I stayed anonymous and I hid my face. So I was like, what content can I make? And it was food content. And my first videos were so bad. They started off like I filmed them in the TikTok app. Yeah, classic. I feel like food creators never film them in the app because they figured out that it's so much better quality if you don't do that. And it's also like impossible to film the process of like, actually start to finish in app like it's yeah it's literally yeah um so and then like videos just started blowing up and at first I was really like tactical about it like I wanted to blow up and I used like 
certain tricks to have videos pop off but then it just became like a little labor of love yeah and I started yeah so and now you're a full-time content creator full-time which feels weird Ah. because I have not hit a million on TikTok yet but it's gonna happen soon yay fingers crossed yeah well it's crazy how much money you can really make like if you're doing it right almost anybody that has a following on TikTok could make the amount of money to keep themselves afloat if they're like operating with the right business strategy but that's the hard part yeah and I always will say that TikTok gave me a platform but Instagram gave me a job yeah because I feel like Instagram really solidifies your presence like if people follow you from TikTok to Instagram that means yeah but also I think maintaining your work and maintaining your relationships with people that follow you is equally as important yeah. because you've seen people like blow up on TikTok and now they don't really have a community because they didn't like maintain it. Yeah. And I think like I was talking about this with my management team, like they were like, we have to pitch you and focus on your engagement on Instagram because even though you don't have like a hundred thousand followers, like your engagement is worth the money to the brands because you engage with all your followers so much that like they want they they talk to you and I feel like that's similar to what you do too like you do a lot of those question boxes and stuff yeah and that's the other thing that I've like I feel like there's so much value in being able to actually talk back and forth with the people that follow yeah yeah which TikTok doesn't really my TikTok's very like high and tight I like to say like you know what you're gonna get yeah just whereas my Instagram like is a little more I love your Instagram because I get to know about you yeah, I love shit posting culture. If I yes. Yeah, I, I highly, highly, deeply love that your generation. I'm, I'm a millennial, but I love that your generation is like, bring it on. I want to see everything. Yeah. Then you can do what you want. It's yeah. so fun. Um, well, I'm curious and like diving into like your food and wellness journey because I know that like similar to me, you had some struggles with disordered eating and like exercise in the past and now you are really good at like creating a space that's really safe for people I think is like the best way to describe it because I think so often we see in this like food and wellness world that like people don't feel safe and heard and like welcome but you do such a good job so I wanted to talk about like your past struggles and then like how now you're incorporating recovery into creating such like a happy platform. Well, first, that means a lot to me because as I do get further and further away from like needing to focus on my recovery so much, I do worry that I lose the message. Yeah. Um, so it's something I'm always working on. But for listeners who don't know me, um, I struggled with binge purge disorder for about 10 years of my life, age 13 to 23. And then I was in what I call quasi recovery from probably age 23 to 25 and really it took quarantine actually to kind of force me over the edge yeah of letting go of all of my food anxieties yeah Um, because like I just couldn't maintain that or like couldn't maintain those phobias and couldn't maintain like exercise addiction yeah um yeah so that's my background Um, and I, I do definitely, I've always been super vague about it. So I do definitely need to like break it down. I'm going to eventually make a YouTube video or something about it. 
but um, I think we connected over a video I made about binge eating because I'm really, yeah. really passionate about explaining explaining that phenomenon to people. People don't understand um, it. No, yeah. But what's crazy is how insanely common it is. It's definitely the most common one I think I've read. And it's people don't think that they're experiencing a disordered eating pattern. And I, I like, don't want to say people don't think they're experiencing an eating disorder because I don't want to, like, project that onto people. But I feel like a lot of people don't recognize it as, like, disordered eating until they realize yeah. it's common. The most freeing thing, not freeing thing for me, the most impactful thing was actually getting diagnosed with an eating disorder. Yeah. Um, I was diagnosed with bulimia after I started recovery but up until then I was just and again I people can use different terms disordered eating yeah whatever they want but I think for me it was impactful just so I knew that like oh this wasn't like a behavioral flaw this is valid yeah and I think just sharing more and more about the experience and how it's like a different connection between like your hypothalamus in your brain and your prefrontal cortex is just like mind-blowing for people you know yeah because I think people think so often it's like something is wrong with them or something like that Mm -hmm. but it's like this is really just you know a disorder like anything else could be a disorder but it's one that you have to you know look into different medicines for it and different ways to you know cope with it and, and recover from it um, and I think like the more we can talk about it, the easier that can be for people because it could urge them to like be brave enough. Because like I remember just feeling strangely like embarrassed about the whole thing. Yes, me too. So like and like, wow, I was looking at old texts and I was like, wow, like this was like my biggest secret. And now it's the biggest thing I talk about. Yeah, it's crazy when you like I remember the moment that I like decided to start talking about it on my page and like how that moment kind of like took me from like hiding it to at least like talking about it out loud, which really made it easier to like start understanding it. Yeah, absolutely. But at the same time, like on my page, I want it to be definitely an undertone because I'm a food account. Like I don't want to be throwing it and throwing it and throwing it out there, but I just want to like always make sure to project that I'm not demonizing any type of eating or approach to food which I'm not gonna lie has been challenging because so many people view me as a health food account yeah and I do and don't view myself that way I tried to make a video claiming the term but it still is doesn't feel totally right to me yeah um because I feel like it just immediately puts a categorization on the food I'm making. And I think like that's the least helpful thing for anybody coming. Yeah. To and I think you do such a good job at it. First of all, like I do want to commend you because it's such a murky water of like when you're making things that are vegan or dairy free or gluten free people or you're relying heavily on like food of quote nutritional value that have a lot of vitamins and like are going to make your body feel a certain way people tend to think like immediately that's a health account but then they these accounts become conflated with the very irresponsible influencer that we see mostly on instagram who's like a very beautiful thin white woman who is telling girls to just throw out their scale and just love themselves and just eat a cookie but it's like for many of us it's really not that easy and like 
this whole body positive food positivity movement has become you know so difficult because of accounts like that so I feel like you should feel really proud of what you're doing because in a world where you would be grouped with the healthy health foodie fit fluencers you're doing your own thing and like actually making a statement and actually improving people's lives that means a lot I'm I'm also trying to just like chill out and live my example life and not be like like anytime I see somebody in a Q&A answer like it's okay to eat the cookie I do want to actually die yeah because nine times out of ten that's somebody who is in a presentable like what's viewed as like standard American attractive body and it's it's just such as it's an answer we all know but it's an answer we all really can't internalize yeah like I'm not gonna lie right now another thing I'm really struggling with is my personal appearance and how it relates to my page on Instagram yeah because a part of me is like if I ever gain weight again I'm gonna lose all credibility as a food blogger which is so messed up it's so fucked up yeah I was seeing a lot about this with Emily and Mariko and like bless this girl's soul she's doing God's work and like you know what there's not a single caption on any of her videos so nobody has any reason to give her any hate but I did see um a comment that I I thought wasn't hate but was more like a general societal criticism if not anything else that was saying like if she was a plus-sized woman this never would have happened like she wouldn't have blown up and I was like reflecting on that and realizing that we don't really see many plus-sized food creators at her level like on her blow up ultra famous overnight level yeah and then but you can also like backtrack and say that there are tons of like famous food celebrities who like their appearance never came into it but I feel like social media is such a different world yeah and like to kind of out myself I recently had to make a video private commenting on the Emily Mariko salmon yeah um I still stand by it so I'm happy to talk about it now I my video was criticizing the stitches about her which were saying a lot yeah because again like I've been following Emily on YouTube for years like since she was such a sweetheart yeah and so, and like she's not putting a point of view on any of this no but so many stitches yeah but so many stitches and duets were attaching words to I'm so glad like diet culture is over and I'm so glad like that everybody is seeing that like she's showing that people that it's okay to eat whatever you want again and I was like first off that's not like again she's not putting anything out there she's just living her life yeah perfect as we all want it to be because like damn her life is lovely but I think those stitches are just circling back to how modeling a certain behavior is only okay when like the person modeling it is aspirational to some extent yeah and that's really difficult and that's the other thing is like I love shit posting culture I think it's so fun because it's showing your actual life however I am nervous that there always has to be like an inkling of aspiration in there yeah no I was on a walk today and I was thinking about somebody asked me a question one of my question boxes about um when you have imposter syndrome and like how to handle it and I was thinking to myself like it's crazy that people probably look at me 
and they definitely look at you and they like aspire to be similar or have a similar life or they look at us as like having a perfect aspirational like wow like I'm so envious of that life but like I spend 60% of my day like so anxious and like I struggle and like I think like I try to get it across as much as possible but because of where we're placed and the content that we are putting out that's like beautiful or funny or unique or creative or like amazing recipes people are going to automatically make that association and like think of us as aspirational even when we're trying our best to come off as just not um and like really normal I feel like it's social media like just does that to us in a way See, that's so, I've never thought about it that way, but it makes a ton of sense because when people only see bite-sized pieces, yeah, then they can fill in the gaps however they want. It's not even that they're seeing their your highlight reel, it's that they're filling in. Yeah, in and I've seen some criticisms of, I've seen criticisms of criticism where people are like, how are you, a random person with no profile picture and no username, coming on the internet to hate on someone based on a 20 second clip? You do not know them. And okay, you know what? If they're being flagrantly racist and homophobic in the 20 seconds, go off. Cancel the shit out of them. Report the page. But if they're just like doing something that kind of bothers you, you don't know them. You don't know their story. You don't know how they feel inside. And like just because their video has a lot of views doesn't absolve them of human emotion. Like they can feel things still. Yeah, and that happened recently to, well, not recently, six months ago to a friend of mine. She made a one-minute video talking about food affordability and, like, the difference in ingredients, and people were so mad because she didn't mention food deserts, and I was like, food deserts are obviously important. This video is 30 seconds long. We can't connect all the dots in the same time. No. Seriously, I just think, like, it's, you have to take everything with a grain of salt and kind of, like, what we're saying about Emily, like, she's just living her life and like yes of course you can have a thought about you know what her platform tells us about social media or tells us about how the way we operate within these spaces and you can go ahead and like talk to your friends about it or like open up a dialogue but there's no need to be like making videos about it or like commenting on her stuff like just I like watch her videos before I fall asleep and the only thing I've ever commented is like congratulations on her engagement and like wow this looks yummy like even if I didn't really like the video, which has never happened with her specifically, I would just scroll past it. Yeah. It's yeah. crazy. TikTok's a, a very weird world. And I think, do you think it's gotten meaner or nicer? I think it's a combination, honestly. Like, I think it was so brutal, like, this time last year. And I think it was brutal for a really long time. And I think now there's enough people saying, stop being so brutal and so hateful, that even though it still exists, there's also, like, other people being, like, stop. Like, there's an opposition, if that makes sense. Yes, totally. Um, But I'm wondering, like, how has your life changed since starting TikTok? Like, what have been these big changes for you? Tell me about it. Um, Oh my God. So I started in April and then I quit my job. Sorry if anybody heard my dog just yawn. We love it. Um, Yeah. (laughs) Started in April, quit my job the following year. Um, That was a very like stressful year because I wanted to prove to my job that like I was working really hard and then I was working really hard on TikTok. It was an absolute nightmare. Zero out of 10. Do not recommend. Yeah, it's awful. Um, Yeah, but the first month after I quit my job, and this just, like, goes to show how unstable social media is. The first month after I quit my job, my Instagram had, like, this really rough patch Mm. where I wasn't finding my flow. 
my TikTok was my TikTok has always been fun. She's always been smooth sailing, but my Instagram just like was kind of dying a little bit. And this is literally right after I quit my job. So I remember my 27th birthday was a month after I quit. And I remember sitting at my birthday dinner after posting an Instagram that like was doing meh. And I just remember being like, age 27 is going to be like the absolute worst year of my life. Yeah. Fast forward. (laughs) I took a month to like figure out my shit. I completely changed my Instagram strategy. So now I post different content on Instagram and TikTok which is the best thing I've ever done. Yay. Um, I mean, and you do too, you know. Yeah. Like different things, work in different sections. For sure. And so then July, I caught my stride and it's been great ever since. But to go back to like people filling in the gaps of my life, my life is so, so not anything I expected it to be. Like <laughs> I, I am home a large part of my day like I'm probably still working or like content creating in my kitchen from like nine to four yeah at least every day um and then there's always like annoying paperwork interspersed with that and then I I always hated when people would be like you work so much but you really do yeah and I'm like where does all the time go no seriously like, yeah I still like, and and I just keep adding things to my plate, which is dumb. Like I just started a YouTube channel, which is a, yeah. And it's a, such a fun creative outlet and the reception has been great, but it's like, oh, I just like had to add another thing. Yeah. No, I feel that, that. And I think there's this misconception, and I was talking about this with someone recently, that when you leave your conventional nine to five to pursue full-time content creation, you're like doing nothing or you're doing way less work. But I found that it's actually been more work. Yeah, and I wasn't expecting it. Like, whenever I was at my old job, I was working pretty much two to- two jobs, which I'm sure you relate to. Like, I was in my 9 to 5, and then I was doing social media, and it literally felt like two jobs. But now this one feels like one job, but it feels like a lot more work, especially because it doesn't turn off. People are watching our videos even when our f- we're not on TikTok. The notifications are coming in even when we're not pressing the app. So it's like whenever other people clock out of their jobs we've chosen a path that you just clock in and you don't clock out yeah and and I if anybody's listening to this conversation is like but come on you just make videos things just start like opportunities come and then other things come and the pile just keeps going and I cannot emphasize how horrible invoicing and taxes are oh it's horrible like it's just like it's a nightmare so when I was doing my full-time job and not making any money off of TikTok, like there was that whole other like different layer that it didn't have to worry about. And then now I'm super, super trying to be on top of my DMs, but I feel like it, like yours must be insane. Yeah, there are a lot. It's a lot just because yeah. it's all very dense stuff too. <laughs> yeah. And like, I deeply love it. Always DM me. Oh, please. it's the best. But I just, it's like an inbox that's never at inbox zero. Oh, yeah. I could literally, I think I can make a full-time job off of doing my ask me anything advice question boxes, which I can't because I don't monetize it. But like the time it takes, like whenever I clear the inbox because I do answer all of them, it's at 99 plus the next day. And that's not to be like so many people are DMing me, but Like, I am going to stand by that I answer all my DMs. I've been doing it since I started. And until it got so out of control, I'm going to do it. But it does take a long time. Yeah. Yeah. And honestly, you 
should treat it like a magazine. You could totally get those Ask Me Anything sponsored. Yeah, no, I seriously should because the, the Instagram stories have so much engagement because of those because like people want me to answer them. And I'm like, yeah. I need a business strategy. But like people don't understand yeah. that we're running ourselves as a business. Like Justine Snacks yeah. is a is who you are, but it's also a business. Yeah. According to the state of New York. Seriously. Well, okay. I wanted to switch gears a little bit because I saw on Instagram that you were doing like a sober month or you were trying out being sober. And I wanted to talk about like, I think I noticed that you're now doing like an intuitive drinking thing kind of, but I want to talk through like what, why you did it, what you've realized and like what conclusions you drew. Cause I thought it was really interesting. Yeah. And it was a great experience for me. So I think I took about six or seven weeks off drinking, but when I'd started, I was like doing it indefinitely. Um, and what spurred it on was I was getting major hangover anxiety, um, a major like hangover depression. And I was just being, I was just kind of, I just woke up one day and was over it. And that was because my hot girl summer where everybody was vaccinated and before we realized you know risks are still involved yeah but like it was pretty fun I just remembered thinking that every event I went to like drinking had become the event it wasn't like we were going somewhere to do something it was just like oh we were going out drinking yeah um yeah and like I realized like in all other aspects of my life I really treat myself really well I value my healthy habits and stuff like that except for drinking drinking I'm like whatever so I was like, I'm going to take some time off and I'm going to evaluate, evaluate, like, what is, what does my life look like if I didn't drink? Like, yeah. would I still go to these parties? What would date night look like? Like, what would hanging out with my girlfriends look like? Oh my God, I can't believe you used the term girlfriends. <laughs> what would hanging out with my friends look like? Like stuff like that. Yeah. And so I took six weeks off. And I was updating it on my Instagram because in a way it wasn't like a big deal. Like it was weird to go to like a rooftop party and bring my own kombucha. Like it was, it was, um, it was a, it was a less of a big deal than I thought it would be. Yeah. But still an adjustment, but I found it was empowering to see what, what my behavior was like without alcohol playing into it. Yeah. Um, yeah, so, like, for example, my sister's bachelorette party, I went into it being, like, oh, my God, I can't believe I'm doing, like, a week in Puerto Vallarta, or a weekend in Puerto Vallarta not drinking, and it turned out to be the best, because, like, I didn't fade quickly, like, we went to a drag show, and I was able to, like, go off and not be, like, You tired. weren't hungover. Yes, wasn't dehydrated. It was, like, everything great, um, and I came back from that feeling great. But then I just remember talking to Eric. This was like in the last, Eric is my boyfriend. Yeah. This was in like week five or six and being like, okay, when I start drinking again, we're going to go to this bar and I'm going to get this cocktail. Like I was like planning almost a drinking binge because I was craving it so badly. And I was like, whoa, I could like, and I'm sure you can identify this too. When you get too far into a restriction mindset, you just want to like have it all when you yeah. can. So I have never, to give people background on my experience with drinking before I took my six to eight weeks off, I like drank two or three times a week. Like when I went out, I definitely went hard, but it wasn't like 
I needed to have a glass of wine every night or like I needed alcohol to wind down. It was just so ingrained in my social life. Yeah. But I had never craved it. Yeah. But I had never craved it because I was always like allowed to have it. But then after all this time off, I was starting to be like really craving it and be like, I'm going to do this and this and this and this. And I immediately stopped myself and was like, this is scary. This is not chill. Like, I think I need to find a way that I can have this, but just be like super aware of it. Yeah, because then it becomes like you're going to just go off the deep end and then you're like, this is equally as unhealthy. Yeah, and like, I was just like looking at myself and I was like, never in my life have I planned like a bar hopping adventure around the alcohol. Like it was no. my plan was backfiring on me. Yeah. It was so weird. Um, so at my sister's wedding, which is like a rough time to start reintroducing alcohol back <laughs> into your life. I was like, I'm just going to have a glass of champagne and see like what happens. Yeah. And over the course of her wedding day, I had like three drinks, maybe three and a half. And it was great. It would just felt like very like I was aware of what I was doing. It was like nice to go from having nothing to having some because then I could be like, oh, wow, this is how that makes me feel. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then this past weekend, I went to my friend's beach house, which was another like time where normally we'd be crushing white claws all day. Yeah. But I was like. Like, again, no judgment to anybody and their choices, but I was like, what is a 3 p.m. White Claw serving? Yeah. Um, Sorry. We'll take that out. There we go. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But I was like, what is a 3 p.m. White Claw serving me? And, like, do I want it in this moment? Like, will it help me connect more? Will it help me enjoy this experience more? And I realized, like, the 3 p.m. White Claw wasn't for me at the time. The 7 p.m. Old Fashioned was definitely for me yeah wait so it's like intuitive drinking yes but I didn't want to call it that because I feel like everybody's saying everything's intuitive now and I'm worried that it's gonna get co-opted like body positive yeah well I'm just curious what you think about like I don't know what a better word for is like I I ca- I kind of call it like exercise by feeling or like drinking by feeling. Like I know you do this a lot whenever you post about your workouts um on your Instagram story you post about like kind of listening to your body when you're working out. And I guess it it's kind of a similar experience now with drinking. So I'm curious like how you handle that and like what that looks like for you internally. Um the drinking aspect? I guess just all of this like exercise by feeling, eating by feeling, intuitive lifestyle. <laughs> Yeah, so I do call it intuitive training on my Instagram, but that's because, like, I literally couldn't think of anything better. Yeah. But my friend Liz Moody, who, if you guys are listening, follow her. She's amazing. She is another health and wellness blogger and cookbook author, and she calls her approach to drinking intentional drinking. Oh, I I like that. that. Because it's, like, she drinks with, like, a very like intentional reason behind it whether yeah. that whether that's like enjoying an amazing cocktail or like a glass of wine that she could never otherwise have or just wanting to have a cocktail with her husband like I love that and I try to approach like my eating for example I'm an intentional eater like I yeah you know like and I think that applies to intuitive eating as well like I think they go hand in hand but um and I just think intention is just like the word that I like to use. I really like that because it relies more on like 
the way your mind like also using your mind and not just your body because I feel like intuition is a lot like listen to your body listen to your body and intention is like you can listen to both yes, at the same yeah, time I like and I think it's people get like really caught up in asking like how do you do it how do you do it how do you do it do you have any recommendations for like starting intentional eating drinking exercising I know it's like a big question big question I think I'm gonna break it down in terms of movement and like intentional movement I think you do a great job of explaining it it's like the smallest goal of just like doing anything like yeah don't even set parameters around what it is yeah like literally anything and that will help you find what you like like that's such a good point. I really like yeah and I really like lifting so I have like a very loose lifting schedule um that's not really focused on progression because that would get like too intense for me and so yeah. like yesterday I'm getting old my shoulder was injured so I couldn't do shoulders so it's like like figuring that out but it's always just like I just know that for me I like getting to the gym five days a week but it can be literally whatever I want to do when I get there yeah um yeah and then for I'd say for eating it's the hardest because everybody's so 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 different um and for me when I say intentional eating I just mean like Oh my God. Actually, I don't even know if I can go there because everybody's so different. But for me, when I started intuitive eating, I actually did track my food still because I was so, so, so in the dregs of an eating disorder. Yeah. But I tracked it with the goal of getting enough instead of restricting. Yeah. Yeah. So again, it's so different for so many people and I'm sure you have different advice there, but I think it's all like following Oh, wow. There's no way that there's no way to do it. Without yeah. Being incredibly big. No, I, yeah. I agree. And I feel like at least with that tactic where you were like still counting, but counting for more instead of less, it kind of allows you to not cold turkey the counting because I feel like that's really hard for some people. Like it eased you out of it. It was a learned behavior, obviously. So, but it still allowed you to do that and it's like in some way comfortable even as terrible as it is to be stuck in that cycle like it can be comforting if you're used to something so it's good to like ease yourself into it instead of like cold turkey intuitive eating yeah and that's also like whenever I talk about intuitive eating to people I'm always like you really have to take it at steps that you're comfortable because if you go like all in that can be terrifying but yeah. like the number one step for me was like removing all judgment from my behaviors like not yeah. judging it, but just doing it. Yeah, I love that. Well, I'm curious because you have so many like little series that you do on TikTok. Like I love the woman scout cookies. Like there's so many different amazing little series that you do. Do you have a favorite or like what's been the most favorite of yours to like create? The most fulfilling was my work from home lunches because they're designed to be like really good food that takes like very minimal effort. Yeah, And that's like what's true to me because I got caught up for a long time in wanting to make like the fanciest stuff or the most complicated stuff. And then I realized like I just want to make food that I would normally make. So you can find all those on my website or on my TikTok. I put it in a playlist. It's just like really easy stuff. Yeah, I love those. Yeah. And then the Woman Scout cookies are chef's kiss all vegan all inspired by girl scout cookies i love it well how do you draw inspiration like 
Do you kind of just like have a running notes list of things that you want to do or like how does it come to you? Um, it comes to me sporadically. I definitely have a running list, but like sometimes I'm worried I'm going to run out of ideas. Like for I, for example, I do a toast every Saturday and I have not planned this week's one. Yeah. And I'm scared, but I'll figure it out. Um, and but most of the time it comes from what's in season and it comes from what I'm craving. Like yeah. there's a mac and cheese dish on my feed once a month because like I just make the mac and cheese in my life once a month. Yeah. So so just yeah. it's kind of nice too because it's like a window into what you're actually eating. Like it's very real. Yeah. And that's like one sec. <laughs> that's like um, my main goal. I have it on my vision board actually. Highly endorsed vision boards. But like I really want it to be all about food that I want to eat. Yeah. You know. And so obviously you live with your boyfriend. Am I wrong? Am I right? You do. No, you're right. He's here. Okay. So you live with him. How has he handled it all? Like what? Because I know it's been just like weird for me in my personal life. Like with you like going places and being recognized by people or just like having so many people follow you and your lives and like your space on the internet. Like how's that been within your personal relationships? Um, he is the most chill about it. He's only been with me when I've gotten recognized twice. So he's like really chill, chill yeah. about it. And he's excited, but I also think just as I don't fully comprehend it, he doesn't fully comprehend it. But I feel like it might be different for you and Avery because you are so much your brand. Like yeah. it's your face, it's you. Yeah. Whereas like I'm 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 my brand, especially on Instagram, but on TikTok you like never see my face. Yeah, you know? that's what I was talking about this with Nassim and Viv the first time I met them. They were like, it's so different for you because like your whole brand is like your face and like you talking, and like our whole brand is like our hands and us making things. And so while like people will recognize us out and stuff, like there's a level of anonymity anonymousness there that like if your brand is your face that you don't have as much a hundred percent yeah and I I don't know how I'd be able to handle it if it was just me talking to the camera because I also think there's like a certain level of confidence in what you do where you just are like this is it yeah you know this what you're getting um where I feel like when it's just my hands I'm like hiding a little bit well but there's also a different level of stress because it's like people love to come at you at everybody and like it it's equally as hurtful if they come at your recipe than if they come at my face and like the words coming out of my mouth if that makes sense yes and yes and no I've gotten really really good at handling when people are like that's disgusting because I'm like well they just don't like tomatoes yeah but like I did have one video pop off because so many people were making a negative comment about my appearance Oh, and that's that so was rude. a crash. Yeah, I know. That was just a crash course in like learning that the internet is a very mean place. But it was like, it, it is what it is. Yeah. How do you handle those like days where you just either feel uninspired and like just rough, or like you see a comment that's like gets to you and you're like, Jesus, how do I proceed? Comments only really sit with me for like 15 minutes or more. Um, because it's like, I don't respond to them and there's really nothing I can do, but I do have date. What gets to me more is the days where I don't have any inspiration. And those are really hard because being creative all the time. That's the other aspect of working all the time is like, 
being creative all the time is much more difficult than I ever anticipated it would be. Yeah. Um, it's really fun and I'm definitely not complaining, but it is really hard to have a day. Like for example, today was a day where I had very low inspiration. Um, and it's really hard to kind of reckon with that. So I think on those days I let myself mope. Yeah. it's It's, yeah it's hard it's also like I think I have this idea in my head that if I don't post six videos a day people are going to be like did she die but on some level like no one cares like I don't need to be posting like if I post three videos or two videos or I don't even get one up in a day like it's not impacting me that much like it's not like I'm ghosting for a week you post how much a day probably with somewhere between four and six like I post a lot of content a day I remember somebody figuring out how much money I was making from the creator fund because they post so much and they were like, wait, there's somebody that has so many more followers than I do, but they post like a committed five videos a week or whatever it is. And I like because I post so much and if I post six videos a day and one of them goes viral, you're going to make a lot from the creator fund a month because you just have more content. And they were like, what? And I was like, it's just the shit posting. Like it's the shit posting that does it. Yeah. Yeah. It's, Seriously, see, I post three or four times a week, maybe. Um, but your content like, is so curated and, like, professional and, like, edited. You know, people are following you for that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And, like, what's so weird about TikTok now is, like, if you even, like, slip outside of your niche, the the algorithm, like, knows. Yeah. So, no, it's the algorithm yeah. is so weird. Like, it, it is the most annoying thing in the world bizarre that's it's, crazy but yeah good for you I'm impressed <laughs> thank you shocked. yeah no it's impressed. kind of just it's kind of just like I've always like operated like that and I think a lot of the lifestyle creators who are more like trigger finger creators and not like because you know Audrey Peters like her stuff is so carefully curated and like aesthetically pleasing my stuff tends to be less so that and so I can kind of just like trigger finger post and yeah. I've tried to like make sure it's at least you know I think a really good video but I still will probably get up like six videos a day yeah oh no I thoroughly enjoy your content wait I'm gonna turn the table on you what does Avery think of all of this oh that's a good question it's funny because like you said like because it's so my face and because I put myself in places where my followers are like anywhere I go is like where 23 year olds in New York are which is like my followers are all like my age and like mostly in New York honestly it's like my biggest area and so it tends to be like if we are somewhere like someone will say something so it's a lot like more of a thing for him that I think he has to like deal with but he's fine with it he's like such a supportive person in my life I mean he's also in a lot of my content so like sometimes I'm not there and somebody will be like oh your girlfriend like I love her videos or whatever so like he he has experienced it like even when I'm not around so I think it's like I'm really lucky that whenever we started dating I was already kind of doing this so it was never like a conversation about it where it was more so just like he signed up for it for lack of a better phrase because we met like a year ago almost or like eight months ago and during that time I was like in a growth mode on TikTok and like I was making videos and like being equally as honest and open about my life as I do now so I think he kind of like came into it knowing which is helpful but it is interesting like especially because also like he didn't know me before this like he we met in a TikTok within the TikTok time and like I don't really think I've changed but like certainly you're different you know what I mean 
hundred percent. Wait, and he's your age, right? Yeah, he's twenty four. So, it's okay. it's been interesting. Oh, yeah, it's it's been interesting. It's just like it's funny because like my family and all my friends, of course, like knew me before this, and like it's weird not to see like a before and after of who you are slash were, but like we've had a lot of life experiences that are like different than who we were before. Yeah. So it's yeah, interesting. Totally. But most of my friends and family are, like, honestly so supportive of everything. That's good. Which is good. And um, my brother's on TikTok. I follow him. Is he blowing up yet? Yeah, he, like, loves to make his little food videos. He, like, does a great job. Yeah, yeah he's at Cornell and loves to cook. I I don't know why, but, like, my For You page is always just food. Really? It's all food videos. I, I, I can't be too in the food because I get jealous. Yeah. Uh and, and the thing is, I get jealous of people who are just, like, normal people being, like, this is my trick for, like, putting foil on squash. Yeah. And I'm, like, how does this video have a million likes? Yeah. You're like, I'm realizing, like, that's the name of the game. You yeah, know? seriously. Um, well, I'm curious, like, outside of TikTok and Instagram, like, how are some ways that you, like, live your life and, like, enjoy yourself when you're not, like, on camera or, like, working? Oh, God. That's a good question. See... It's hard when your hobby becomes your job. Yeah. Because if anybody would have asked me this before, I would have said, like, my main hobbies outside my job were, like, cooking and working out and, like, reading. Yeah. Like, all my hobbies are my job. Seriously, same. So, yeah. So I'm really starting to actually, and this is going to sound, like, super cliche, I'm really starting to reconnect with the city again and what I used to like doing in the city. Because I think there's a real, like, for people my age especially, or, like, getting into your late 20s, I think there's a real tendency to just rat race your life where, like, Monday through Thursday, you just work, you come home, you eat, you sleep. Um, And then on the Fridays, you, like, go out with your friends. But I really am trying to, like, reconnect with all the opportunities and, like, things you can see here that like you don't have in a normal place so whether that's performances or shows or just like the actual cultural exhibits you can get here I think that was my mission this summer and this fall I sound so old right now but it like reignites a love for the city and like like everybody has a different like New York minute like everybody has a different like way of like handling the hustle and the bustle and like also like discovering slash rediscovering a love for New York yeah and when I was younger it was just like going out to happy hours and dinners and drinks with my friends and now it's just like entirely different like I want to see what people are are doing and like are putting their passion into and it's just become like a different city it's great I love that um that's so great okay well my last question I'm wondering you know like we're very tuned into this world of social media so like we have to have some recommendations for, like, movies, shows, books. Is there anything that you're reading and watching that you are, like, this calms me down after a stressful day or, like, this is this is my shit? Ooh, okay, I'm going to start with books. I just finished The Great Circle. Okay. It is about – it like, it's one of those books that follows people from, like, their birth until their death. Ooh. And it is so good. Um, and then another book that I recommend for – everybody who's like a young whatever something in new york is dinner with hugo okay it's a relatively contemporary book but it's really good shows have you watched um hmm, i'm trying to think of it if i'm gonna go unique i'm gonna say if you haven't watched black mirror do it oh it's so good Um, so good and it's spooky 
so spooky, but I think it's always worth a rewatch. Yeah. Uh, especially now that Squid Game is popular, I'm like, this is just Black Mirror Part Two. Yeah, seriously. Yeah. And then I'm so excited because tonight I'm just going to binge watch you. I'm like so excited. Okay, everybody tells me I have to watch it. Everyone tells me I look like the one girl in it. I've never watched it. <gasps> you do. Everyone tells me I look like her. And I like I literally have never watched it. And like Avery was like, you would love it. Come on. And I like I would have to start from episode one. Like I would have to start from the beginning. What show were you storying recently that you just started? Oh, Only Murders in the Building. It, you have yeah. to watch that it, it's very good it's about I don't know if you like those true crime podcasts but it's about like these three like these two old men one of them is an actor the other one's a Broadway director and this like very millennial Gen Z kind of girl who Selena Gomez plays and they live in this really fancy apartment building on the like upper west side and somebody gets murdered in the building and they're like obsessed with the true crime podcast so they're trying to like create their own true crime podcast and like true crime the situation it's really good like I did not think it was gonna be this good and I like the short episodes because I have a short attention span okay I'm gonna watch that oh and you finished Maisel right so good so good that this is the thing about me and tv shows which is it's so funny but I I do this thing with with whenever people are like you have to watch this you have to watch this you have to watch this where I have to like come to my own desire if that makes sense like I dated a guy slash my mom we're both like you need to watch Maisel like you are her it's ridiculous that you refuse to watch it and I was kind of just like I'm not ready like I know when it's gonna be my time like when I'm gonna feel it and I'm gonna be ready and I'm so glad that I like waited until I was like ready to focus on it because it's just phenomenal yeah. Oh, and then last one. Have you watched Russian Doll? No. <gasps> oh, it's, it's really like, good. It's, it's really good. I'm not going to say that it's like you, but it's another one that just gives you such an appreciation of like New York and New York culture in a way that you wouldn't expect. Oh, I want to watch. It's like Groundhog. It's so good. It's on Netflix. Um, I'm forgetting who it star. It stars. I don't know. One of the women from Orange is the New Black. But it's eight episodes, I think. They're short, but it's really, really Oh my god, I want to watch. Okay, well, thank you for the recs. And my final rec is that we actually have to do something in the city now that we're both... I know you had a wedding season situation happening, and then everything was happening. I was sick. But I... We have to hang out. Absolutely. I'm going to make us go to brunch soon. Yeah, please. Well, thank you so much for this and for all your insight, and also just for everything you do, like... Whether or not you think so, you're really inspiring people, me included, and I like love your page. And so it's always so great to be to have TikTok friends that you're actually like obsessed with their content and like, you know, cheering them on as a friend, but also like, but I also am like a fan of their stuff and like the things they put out. Aw, well, thank you. That means a lot. I'm blushing. I'm so glad you had me on the podcast. Yeah, thanks for coming. And I will link all of Justine's handles and everything in the description of the podcast episode so you guys can find her if you haven't already. But thanks so much, Justine. Of course. Bye, guys.